a focus summary of part two of the Browning version. When Taplow returns and sits down for his session, we get a glimpse of the sort of teacher Crocker Harris has become. Before Frank leaves, he asks Crocker Harris whether Taplow has obtained his remove, and his stilted response is so identical to Taplow's imitation that we see it wasn't as satirical as it might have seemed. They begin their lesson, Taplow grudgingly translating the Agamemnon, while Crocker Harris mindlessly and mechanically corrects his mistakes. But perhaps Crocker Harris wasn't always this way. At one point, Taplow takes a translator's license to liven up the text, inserting bloody corpse of the husband you have slain in place of husband, since it is true, and this is a play and not just a language lesson. At first, Crocker Harris scolds him for collaborating with Aeschylus rather than merely construing Greek, but the experience seems to prompt an almost involuntary reflection and confession. He tells Taplow that it is perhaps the greatest play ever written, and that he once wrote for his own pleasure a translation in rhyme that he believed almost more beautiful than the original. He says when he was packing, he looked for the manuscript, but it was lost, like so many things. They have just started in again on the dry work of literal translation when Millie interrupts to say that the headmaster, Frobisher, has come to see Crocker Harris. Taplow finds himself off the hook when Frobisher asks him to excuse them so he can speak to Crocker Harris alone. Frobisher is described as dressing well and having the air more of a diplomat than a scholar. His talent for diplomacy is put to the test with the things he has come to say to Crocker Harris. He makes a stumbling start when he speaks glowingly of Crocker Harris's replacement, Mr. Gilbert, and then tries to compensate with inept attempts at praise for Crocker Harris himself. Then he comes to the point of his visit, saying he has two delicate matters to broach. First, Frobisher obliquely informs Crocker Harris that regrettably he has been denied a pension, because he is retiring just before he would have been eligible. He passes off responsibility on the Board of Governors, saying they decided that they simply couldn't grant an exception. When Crocker Harris references the exception made for Buller just a few years before, Frobisher defends the decision by saying that Buller was injured playing rugger against the school, that the parents and students raised a petition on his behalf, and that the rules aren't made to be broken every few years. After questioning Crocker Harris, Frobisher is distressed to discover how little Crocker Harris will have to live on. Millie's pretentious boasting had led him to believe their means would have been more ample. The second matter Frobisher wished to discuss was Crocker Harris's speech at the prize-giving ceremony. Though his seniority to another departing teacher named Fletcher gives him the right to speak last, Frobisher thinks it advisable that Crocker Harris make his farewell speech first. Because Fletcher is a beloved cricket player, the boys are likely to make the occasion of his speech a great display of gratitude, and it would be best to end on a climax. Crocker Harris bears all the indignities without objection and without complaint. We see Millie's true colors when, after cordially seeing Frobisher out, she turns to her husband and imperiously demands, Well, do we get it? When she learns it was denied, she mocks him for not being man enough to stand up to that old phony of a headmaster, and for failing to uphold the marriage vows that call for him to support her. 
Her continued insults are interrupted by the arrival of the Gilberts, whom she greets with the charm she can turn on any time it serves her purposes. The Gilberts are the picture of giddy newlyweds with a bright future in front of them. They tease each other with playful affectionateness, know how long they have been married down to the day, delight in retelling the story of how they met, and thrill in seeing the flat that they will soon call their own. While Millie takes Mrs. Gilbert off to explore the other rooms, Mr. Gilbert seizes the opportunity to ask Crocker Harris for advice that might help ease his nerves as he takes on this new teaching responsibility. In what is meant as an innocuous and passing remark, he says that Frobisher called Crocker Harris the Himmler of the Lower Fifth. Gilbert interpreted this to mean only that he kept good discipline, but for Crocker Harris, the remark appears to come as something of a painful revelation. At first, he is simply stopped cold, repeating the comment aloud in a sort of stupor. Then, he starts making what seems like another involuntary confession. He gives Gilbert an account of his progression as a teacher. He begins by saying he never possessed the talent of making himself liked. It is the talent that Frank and Frobisher and even Millie possess, and that Crocker Harris believes Gilbert will find he possesses too. At first, Crocker Harris tried nonetheless to communicate to his students the joy he derived from great literature, and though most of the time he failed, he took satisfaction from the rare successes. When he discovered that the boys were laughing at him, he says, he played up to it, finding it easier to teach by laughter than by earnestness. But at some point, they ceased even to laugh at him. He had developed a sickness of soul that made them no longer find him funny. He says he had long known he was disliked, but hearing he had been called the Himmler of the Lower Fifth made him realize he was also feared. Gilbert feels terrible for unwittingly causing Crocker Harris so much pain, and Crocker Harris is embarrassed for having made such a personal confession to a complete stranger. When Millie and Mrs. Gilbert return, they make their uncomfortable farewells, and Crocker Harris is left to reflect on what he has just uncovered.